fucking recording. That was personal information. Mm. Well, I'll repeat it later for you if <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome back. You don't need to do that. Go back. No, just. Well, just we don't. Go. We don't do that anymore. Just go, man. Why? Just talk. Well, today we have Alex Edelman on the podcast. Hey, gang. How do you say your last name? Edelman. 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 <laughs> Edelman. It's just like Julian. The football player? Yeah. Oh, Edelman. Edelman. Yeah. What did I Ours say? Ours is just spelled weird. I don't know what she said. You said it wrong. Oh, Edelman. Oh, yeah. I see what I'm saying now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Ed Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about yourself. Um, I'm a female. I live in Memphis. Uh, I am a, I guess, yeah, well, people will know me, some of them. So I can, I live in Memphis, Tennessee, been friends with Raul and Tony for a while. I work for a wholesale distribution warehouse in Memphis. I sell liquor, wine, beer, non-alcoholics. Beer. Yeah, really, (laughs) we sell really good beer. Call me or email me at my professional work email about work stuff regarding beer. Uh, I've lived in Memphis, I think, for, no, not quite 10 years. I keep saying it. I've lived here for 10 years, but I've been here only for like eight how long have we known you? The whole eight years? Almost eight years. Yeah. It's really impressive when I uh, think about it. You know, I don't really talk to anybody that I knew from before when I moved to Memphis. Um, mm-hmm. So I was born in Arkansas. I lived there for a short period of time. And then I moved to Kansas City. And I'd say that's like where I grew up. It's really stupid. I think it'd be like if I said, told people I'm from Arlington and they're like, oh, where's Arlington? Then you just say you're from Memphis when you're oh, in other yeah. places. So I lived around Kansas city for pretty much my entire life within at least like two hours was the furthest point that I had moved away. And then we kind of came back um, and I moved down here. But, you know, I think it was so fortunate when I moved here to meet the people that I did right away, mm-hmm. you know, working at Texas state Brazil, I met actually my boss the day I moved to Memphis Ford. Um, the really tall guy. Oh yeah. I bumped into him within six hours of being in Memphis. I parked my car, unpacked some stuff, took a shower and started applying for jobs downtown at restaurants so that I had like money to pay for college and I um, met Ford right away, you know, and then I met Kevin McGoldrick and Leahy. Mm-hmm. I met green within like a matter of a week. Um, Damn. Randy was taking me to the goose, you know, so that I met you guys, I met masters, I met everybody. Um, and that kind of is where like my whole, circle branched from there um was just having those work relationships because we had such a you know the goose in texas were so closely related and Mm -hmm. like as soon as we get off work we'd go there go to bill street i mean hell we'd go to 152 like every weekend and that feels like a lifetime ago i remember when i worked at fat tuesdays in the mall this is you were probably like five six yeah yeah, five or six (laughs) yeah this is how long this ago this was this was uh, in the peabody place and um i would work and then as soon as we got done we would go one five two, mm-hmm. get fucked up. Go to Purple Hay sometimes after two, right? Well, it wasn't open. That oh, was it was okay. uh, Red Rooster. Red oh. Rooster was about to open up there. Um, then we would go to Alfred's, mm-hmm. and we get more fucked up. And we go back to one five two. You know, it was just like cycle. That was, yeah. that was I was working five days a week there, I think, mm-hmm. and every day. Were you working the door? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there it really wasn't a door because it was like a little open area with the bar, a little, and it wasn't like uh, like actual door. But yeah, I checked ID there. Yeah. And pretty much all our customers were people that were waiting for that table at Isaac Hayes restaurant. Wow. Right across from them. Uh, yeah. It was like nobody ever, nobody ever came in there. And then the thing that sucked was that at the very last minute, they pulled the thing where you could walk around the mall with your, with your drink. I see. So who's going to want to sit yeah. in, in that place for, I'd say 30, 45 minutes, drinking your frozen 180 octane or whatever it was yeah. called, you know? And then this guy died out from there and. Then I got offered a job at 152 mm-hmm. and um, working the door there too. Yeah. Okay. So I went there 
I just keep on going there all the time. I was like, man, I won't, I won't work here. This is a real, you know, this is a real bouncing job. And <clears throat> I finally got, uh, I finally got, you know, I asked, I, I keep on talking to this one guy and I knew you worked there as a the big, big bouncer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And finally I was like, he's like, Hey, I'll tell you what, I got a, we got a meeting with our lot of bouncers on Sunday. If somebody doesn't show up, you can have their place. So I was like, oh, okay, what, where, where, and you know, he's like, yeah. yeah so I guess this was on Thursday. He's like Sunday next door, blue city, you know, that little room next to the little where people yeah. sit down at the bar side. Yeah, yeah. So we were there and I go there. He's like, all right, you're in. Wow. Like three people didn't show mm-hmm. up. So I, they put me on the side door. This is when they were just finished building the second floor. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just getting overrun big time. I don't know how to do this shit. Yeah, you're like, I'm, what the I'm hell? putting wristbands on, taking money, checking ID all at the same time. Like, this is way too much. Like, yeah. I'm the door is like 10 feet away from where I'm literally at putting wristbands on some of people because I'm, I, I just suck at it. Right. Yeah. And then Wilbur comes by. He's like, hey, man, you okay? He's like, you need to be standing here. Yeah. Do not move from this spot the rest of the night. I was like, yes, sir. Yeah, you got to direct that. And traffic. then, and then, like twenty minutes later, I was, huh? you could just see that guy because I was, because I was trying to put as we were rocking, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and then like he told uh, my buddy Chris that I became friends with the bouncer, the head bouncer. He's like, get rid of him. He sucks. Aww. And then uh, he's like, no, 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 just give him one more chance. He's like, all right, next weekend if he doesn't if he doesn't do if he doesn't do what he needs to do, he's out. So then when I was leave, leaving to go home, Chris came out there. He was like, hey, man. You really need to, um, if you want to keep this job, you need to fucking run that door. Yeah. Command that, your space. You, it's it. You, you own that space. You don't move from that space mm-hmm. unless I come and relieve you or something like that. And that was it. But then after 152, I bounced at Alfred's for a while. Mm-hmm. I just, then I started bouncing everywhere because everybody started wanting me and stuff, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. It's great to be wanted. But like, I don't know. That was it. And that's how I became friends with a lot of people downtown and I stuff like it. that. And then I started working at Platinum and that everything was owned by the pretty much the same people yeah. and they own Platinum and that was it. That's how I became friends with everybody pretty yeah. much. It's a nice little circle. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's like a giant spider web now of people. Right. But before I would say it was just like, you know, masters yep. and, you know, people like that and Kevin. And, Cause I don't even think we remember hanging out with Kevin back then, but he was like, yeah, we used to hang out. With Goldrick? Like, yeah. I was okay. like, I just don't remember. And because, you know, we were always eating rolls and shit. Yep. And I mean, I think me and Michael crew were the only ones eating rolls and doing a bunch of coke the way we were doing it. And everyone yeah. else was like more weed and, shit like, and pills, mm-hmm. you know, not rolls, but like Xanax and shit like yeah. that. But I don't know. I'm real naive to that stuff. And I guess to stay like on topic with this too, like speaking of those places and intermingling, like that's, I never got into that kind of stuff. Um, and I never, like, I was real distant in the beginning because of that. I was like, oh my God, are all these people like into drugs? I don't want to do drugs. Like it's not, I'm scared. And it's not cause I don't have a problem with them. Like I yeah. smoke weed and obviously I drink a lot with work. Um, but I was always like, what if I love cocaine so much that I literally don't have any money left? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, that's just my you know, life there, now. There so was, I've never, t- I've never tried it for that reason alone. Yeah, when I I first tried it, they, the bouncers at this one club I worked at were like, "No, no, no, man, you get that, get out of the car. You have never done it. We don't want, you, we don't want to be introducing yeah. it to you." I was like, "Well, fuck that, man. You guys are doing. I want to do it, you yeah. know." And they're like, "Okay." And they gave me a little line, and we weren't doing it in printers where we were parked across the street from printers because mm-hmm. we were part, part, parting at printers all day. And the rest is history. Yeah, like you know, I was doing it all the time, and then like 
then as I got older, I was just doing it on the weekends when we were going out. Yeah, you're and like only Friday, yeah, Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday. So then like I was seeing my friend of my friends that were still doing it all the time. I was like, he's like, y'all still, and then now random people will come up to me. That, not, they're not random. I've known from a long time ago. Yeah. Hey man, you know what? It could get me Coke. I'm like, oh. dude, that was like a long time ago, but I'm sure if you just look around and you probably see somebody selling at whatever club yeah, you're at. You know, I was like, yeah. it's not hard. If I run across it, and I'm just thinking in my head, what are you, a cop? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know, I'm like, fuck Nart, you. Like, get I away from me. I haven't spoken to you in like 10 mm-hmm. years and you're just asking me these random questions. Yeah, that would, I'd, that'd be a huge red flag for me. Yeah, like this one girl hit me up on Messenger like two, three years ago, asking me to get her um, Adderall and Lortaz and listen, like, Look, I knew you a long time ago. I don't I don't fuck with that yeah, shit like, anymore. Yeah, we're not tight like that either. If that's the first time I've spoken to you in six years, don't yeah, like, out the gate use social media to come at me for drugs. Yeah, I was just like, fuck that. Tony, when did you, uh, it was when you started hanging out with Eubank, right? Yeah. Became friends with everybody? Like in the yeah, circle? it was like 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this the other, yesterday, uh, me and John Harris lived together in that apartment over there in Walnut Grove. Uh, Dude, it was 16 years ago. I mean, f- what, 2006? 17 years ago. Six, 15 years ago. Wow. That's a long fucking time Hell ago. Hell yeah, it's it long is. Be- like, I was like, fuck, man. So that got you here. You said you drink a lot because of your job. If you didn't have this job, do you think you would? Because you have to go to wine tastings yeah, and stuff, right? I actually <laughs> think that having this job has um, curved my drinking. Like, I... You know, and and you always do this. I think everybody goes through these cycles. Um, But I partied a ton before I moved to Memphis. Like, I was really young going to parties. It's, like, scary to think about now, especially if I was to ever, like, settle down and have children. I mean, we were, like, partying um, really, really young. So when I first moved to Memphis, I kind of didn't want to necessarily fall back into that cycle right um it ended up happening anyway where and that's just the restaurant industry too i think like service industry downtown the friends that i made um and obviously i was well i moved here when i was 18 so Mm. um you know making those friends it was like at first i thought okay well if i don't know anybody and can't get into bars i mean i'm not gonna order a fake id from china or anything i'm not that desperate to go out and get a drink but you know especially like randy was the one that kind of got me on bill street um and then you know once i made friends with like boba at the door and everything things kind of just went from there but so i had still had problems going out drinking for like three years because i had no fake id i took one of the other hostesses at texas a brazil i had her id for a long time i would use that in like new orleans and stuff Um, so I would party like definitely Friday, Saturday, every Friday, Saturday. Um, but then once I started this job, um, it's like not, you know, it comes from such an educational perspective and I have to really analyze everything. I find myself drinking way more beer, like just domestic beer now than I ever did only because it's not very much fun to go order like a cocktail and and try to enjoy it when all that's all you do all day is like analyze wine and analyze cocktails. And, you know, there's a component too, that's very ironic about my job. Like I see people and when I'm in my accounts and they're like, Oh my God, I'm so jealous of your job. Like if the best job ever, you just like roll up with a bottle of wine and a bottle of vodka and like t-shirts. And I'm like, no, this shit's hard. It's so stressful. You have to be so driven. And it's not fun waking up at like 7 a.m. on Fridays. You know, we've been doing Zooms now. We don't go into our office. But like two years ago, you'd go into the office and you'd have like six hours worth of meetings scheduled at our office. And they'd start at like 8 a.m. And you sit down in our tasting room. You just you have no idea. Sometimes they'd have like a little marker on the calendar that would say like, oh, we're going to do Bushmills. Well, then Bushmills would roll in with like nine other Irish whiskeys. 
and we mm. would do this like whole tasting and you may be hungover from the night before or some of my a lot of my coworkers have kids, you know, so they're waking up, getting their kids ready for school and stuff early in the morning. And unless you're smart enough, which no one in our office is, you're not bringing a fucking <laughs> snack or, yeah. you know, like a Gatorade with you. So we in professional settings, you know, we taste and then spit. We all have spit buckets, but not all the time. Some people drink. So if you're feeling froggy or like you're a little hungover in the morning, you're like blitzed at 9 a.m. And then <laughs> it's all cool until like 1.30. And then all your accounts start calling you and they're like, I know that you asked me if I wanted Jack Daniels, but I, and I said, no, but I do need a case. Is there any way you can bring it to me? And I just so happen to be the furthest God. account from where you're located <laughs> currently. Yeah. So now, you know, we, I go through stints where I don't drink for like six weeks, three weeks, you know, but then I'll go on a bender where I'm like, I'll just have a beer at two o'clock or, you know, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. it'll turn into like a steady thing all day, but it just, it's not fun all the time. It just gets kind of boring. Like I remember when we asked, we used to have these vendors come in and when I was at Ajax, they would, you know, we had to taste their beer and then, then mm -hmm. you know, the sales manager would ask us what we thought. Oh, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I'm not drinking. No. They're like, they're like, okay, well, you know, you don't have to drink if you don't want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, you don't feel we like, have that option. I was like, I was like it's it's one thirty. I mean, it's like 4.30 in the afternoon. I know me. I'm not just going to have a sip no, of this whole beer. Stop. I'm going to drink this beer. Then I'm yep. going to drink another beer. Because yep. there's some guys I worked with at Ajax. They, they when they, we had this little tasting, they loved it. They oh. Would, they would, oh. Before even meeting even started, they would have like four or five beers. Yeah. Like, and that's what, like, what scares me. That That's kind of, and I'm, I wonder if there's an underlying thing in me that intuitively I've tried to prevent that from happening. You know, like I said, like, I think I would love cocaine so much that I would just go down that spiral. Um, we actually have a couple people that work at our company that don't drink anymore. I mean, I don't know if it's because of that, but uh, the funny story I was thinking of when you said the tasting thing, like we hired this guy probably two years ago. I don't really know him that well. He's just not super talkative. Um, but no one had told him in the beginning, like you don't have to drink. So he was sitting up front. Our tasting room is like six banquet tables that are all facing kind of like a built in bookshelf like you guys have. Mm -hmm. And then we have a projector and a TV in a little stand where they can come and kind of post up there. And then we had the whole teams facing them. You know, our teams are pretty similar. Um, but that we have more division, like it's only on premise and then only retail people and then only grocery people. So depending on the type of product that would dictate who comes into those meetings, uh, this guy who had been there for like three or four weeks was sitting in the front row with a guy that's been there for like 22 years oh, wow. and he's really cool, but he's also our country dude And the country is like the wild, wild west. Like things are different there than they are here in this, in the, in the city that we live in. Most definitely. So, you know, he, and he likes that he wants to drink. Like if it's good, he'll drink it. And you know, if we did like a tasting with a wine that costs like 180 bucks, a bottle wholesale cost, Hell yeah, I'm drinking the whole glass. Yeah. You know, I'll spit everything else out except for that. Um, but so this dude was like 22. You know, he's a couple years younger than I am, 25 now. And he would just be getting like blackout drunk. <laughs> he would come into the office. We'd go back to our sales room for our meeting, just our personal meeting. And his eyes would be like crossed. And he'd be like, like swaying in his chair. And we were like, dude, you know, you don't have to drink, right? He was like, "Oh, I thought I was gonna like get in trouble if I did." I was like, "No, no, no, no." Well, they somebody did ask me like, "Well, how are you gonna tell the customer what it tastes like?" I was like, "It's fucking beer. Oh, I can I can Google me. I can Google it, man. Yeah, I can the, I can sell it by googling it." And like, the, there there's is, one vendor took offense. He I wouldn't drink his product. I was like, "Dude, I just don't feel like drinking." Yeah, I, tell I was, him you're an alcohol. You know, I, I would have shamed I, him I, I, I into like, saying that. I was to like, you. I looked at you know, you know, I looked at Nathan. I was like, "Do I have to drink?" You know, I, like, I, I, I just looked at Nathan. Nathan's like. 
He did like one of these, like, and she's like, you know, I was like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not drinking it, man. I don't no. feel like drinking right now. Mm-mm. I don't want to drink till eight o'clock tonight because yeah. that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's what usually what happens with all those guys. Like, you know, even now, we are, well, before the pandemic, these guys would just, I don't know how they got their job done, but they would just sit up at some certain restaurants and that's all they did all mm-hmm. day long. They would do that. They would answer the phone. Everything from that one restaurant is get drunk all day yeah. long. And you know, them all. I was going to say, I'm not going to name names, you know, but yeah, to bust people they, out. But I mean, I've wondered that. And and I see my competitors do it too. You know, I mean, I technically you're a competitor too, but our biggest focus is not beer. Liquor is what keeps right, our lights yeah. on. You know, we're more focused about a well whiskey placement than I am like a draft beer. Not that it's not important, but if you actually had to look at it on paper, you know, we do have to prioritize certain things. We're a distribution warehouse first and foremost for liquor and then wine. But um, even our competitors, like I see these people and maybe it just comes with being jaded um, in time. They've been doing it for like 15, 20 years, which I mean, it's not the worst job in the world. Like there's definitely worse jobs like cleaning up after dead people or, you know, right. cri- you know crime scene cleanup uh, or hell being like an accountant, like reading papers and booklets all day. But Shut start Patrick. Tra- <laughs> <laughs> my sexy accountant. I'm like, Matt, Patrick, help me with this math real quick. You're smart, aren't you? Hey, come here, nerd. <laughs> Do my math homework. <laughs> he pulls out his calculator too, which is does <laughs> he have a calculator like on, his, on his pocket of his shirt? I right have here? a calculator watch that I'm going to give him for his birthday. It's going to be a great little hand me down. But they'll be at the bar, like you said, they're drinking at like eleven or twelve o'clock. Or I'll see managers um, with a salesman from another company in one of my accounts at lunchtime, and they're all they have a bottle of wine on the table, and they're like chilling. I'm like, how do you get anything done? And it makes me wonder. Like, is it, if, am I good at my job because I'm good at my job or am I good at my job because the competition sucks and they just like have no priority. There's no sense of urgency and they're just dicking around like, oh, someone peel this grape for me while I'm sitting at the table, you know, drinking for four and a half hours. Yeah. I wonder the same thing because like you just said, are you really, really good? Or yeah. does everybody else just suck you go against? I you hope know? it's a combination of both. I hope I'm actually me too, good at my job. Like, I just don't know how they do it. And I'm worried, you know, when I have a couple of beers, I was meeting these guys all the time after I got off work for beers in the company car. It's like, man, mm-hmm. if I hit somebody or somebody hits That's me. That's what scares me. I'm going to get, I'm gonna, you know, more because we just, I just wasn't having one or two, right? Yeah, so yeah. I, I stopped meeting up with them. I told, I, or I meet up with them, but I wouldn't drink or anything. Mm-hmm. And then it would give you a hard time about not drinking with them and this and that. And I'm like, oh, fuck off. Man. I just feel like I'm an adult. You cannot fucking peer pressure me into something so childish. Yeah. Some of your homeboys at, the old job, the mm. competitor I've seen, like, I'm weird about that. If I, I Uber everywhere, you know, and technically we get paid to do like, they pay us for that. So um, we can expense that stuff. And I think it's a really great way to look at it. And it makes me sad to think, you know, like maybe Ajax or Eagle doesn't do this. Um, the company car thing is awesome. I think that's great. We don't have those. Unfortunately, I'm just riding my car into the dirt, but I was out with a Miller guy and we were out drinking and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go home. I'm just going to call an Uber. And he was like, oh no, I'll drive. And I'm like, you had like seven beers for every one kettle, one martini I had. I don't think you should be driving. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, no, it's cool. And I'm like, if I lose my driver's license, I lose my job. You know, we can't <clears throat> do our job without a car, without a driver's license. And there's some people that just act like willy nilly. And I'm like, with the convenience of this, like having that available to you. I mean, it sucks right now in the pandemic, Ubers have stunk, but to me, it's not worth it. And then what if you ran over a kid or a dog? It's not worth it. Yeah, it just, it just you know, not for me. it just seems like, because like you say, if you got a DUI, you lose your job yeah, because you have to drive. Correct. But I wonder why you guys don't have a car, um, like a company car or whatever. I, something happened a long time ago. I don't mm. know what. I don't know if like, 
I think they're used. We have two guys that have company cars, but they live in the country. But they're also clocking like I maybe drive 170 miles a day. That's like a big day. I'm getting shit done those days. Yeah. Like stay out of my way. Don't call me. Don't text me because I have no time for personal stuff between the hours of 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. Um, but a normal day, like say I only put 30 miles on my car. Those dudes are driving from like Jackson to Paris to Dyersburg back mm. to, ja- you know, oh, they're territory. clocking. Go ahead. Oh, we we do everything that's um, from the Mississippi River to the Tennessee River. So oh, there we fuck. have two we have two guys that live in Jackson. So they're like so no if they had their own cars those things they would have had about five cars in the last ten years because they're clocking so many miles. Do they give you all a? Um, do they fix your shit? Like, no, unfortunately tear, not. Whatever. And that was like a hot topic last year. Um, we cannot be. Um, you used to be able to expense stuff. I think it has something to do with the Trump tax law, but I don't know enough about mm. that shit. But I used to be able to write off my car. Like I used to be able to write off my phone, a portion of my apartment. Cause I technically work from home. I don't have an office space. Um, at my office, we have like a giant office for all the salesmen. Um, and then I would be able to write off like expense, like tabs, you know, and food when I'm going in my accounts, I yeah. can my clothes. I can't expense that anymore. And they don't pay for any of that stuff. So it's kind of just like the, deal with it do you still have an expense account for like when you have oh, to take fuck people out no i mean so what'll happen is say like you were opening up a bar and i was like oh i really need to like wine and dine raul i would call my boss and say hey can i make a reservation and i would pick one of my own accounts most likely something where that i do really well in and we i would take you out to eat and drink and then i would just turn that ticket in to my boss and they would cut me a check back for it gotcha That's but what- there's no like credit like hey alex you get ten thousand dollars for the year 2021 you know go buy drinks for customer but there's nothing like that well, i would think that from somebody like you would have to have that because of your on-premise you downtown technically and need it i mean know? that that's going to be up for debate in the future i think um obviously i don't know what the powers that be at athens have in store for me but i know that i'm going to retire there unless they want to fire me which i don't think they do so that may be a conversation that we have as memphis grows as the market continues to develop but um Right now, it just doesn't exist. Only management has that. Do you say this is your dream job then? Um, I would say that it is everything that I wanted it to be because that's what I make it. Uh, I'm big into that thing. Like you don't get lucky by like sitting on the couch, like good things don't happen to you. Like you go out and make good things happen. So with Athens, it's a really unique situation. I mentioned that I met Ford the day I moved to Memphis. I found out what he did because he was coming and calling on the restaurant that I worked at like every day that I was there or on Tuesdays, I think was the day he would come by. And I had started off doing promos and tastings. So I would go do like a Jack Daniels promo at a liquor store or like Art on Fire or the, um, what's the big event that we used to have at the zoo? I shouldn't, oh, Zoo Rendezvous. Oh yeah. Um, I would go pour like Bacardi or Jim Beam there. And so that really, once I found out what his job was, I thought, well, why the hell do I want to do like whatever it is I'm doing? Well, I'm pretty clearly, you know, it's your assets. Oh yeah, that's exactly you know, it. They got to put a pretty girl there, correct? With that, with that brand, yeah, or that can talk. That's the biggest thing too. It's like <laughs> yeah. you know, it's only so good if you put like someone that looks like a porn star in front of you. If they're just like a dead body, then that doesn't really do anything for you. Uh, I went to school and studied exercise science, um, and my parents pretty much forced me to do that, which I'm grateful for it now. Just mm-hmm. to have that college degree, I guess it's important to someone. I thankfully I paid off my student loans like six months ago, so. Now I'm not as bitter about it, but every month when I was sending off that payment, I was like, fuck this shit. Like, it's a fucking scam, yeah. you know, because my degree definitely didn't help me get my job. What'd you get your degree in? Exercise science. 
Um, so I was thinking that I would become an orthopedic device salesman, pharmaceutical sales. Um, I actually had an interview at Smith and Nephew, and I want to say I had one at Stryker too. I interviewed um, all in the same week. It was like the January after I graduated college, you know, because I helped um, the Patels open up Hotel Napoleon. So I was doing uh. that from graduation until I had gotten a job in January the following year. Um, and it just was like, okay, go work for this corporate entity. I told them that I wanted to do sales because I love translating from being in a restaurant uh, where you have a like capless salary. You know, you just pick up more shifts, you get more regulars, you make more money, you kind of control your income. Um, that's what enticed me into sales too. And you can make as much or as little money as you want. And it determines like what your mood is when you wake up in the morning, like, oh, I don't really feel like working. So I guess I just won't get a bonus on my paycheck. Uh Athens, you know, being family owned, really getting to know the on and off premise team, knowing their brands. And then once I met the owners and realized like how awesome it was going to be, that was great. And they've given me a hundred percent freedom to like do what the fuck I want. And it's because I respond promptly. I'm an over communicator, not to the point that it's overwhelming or annoying. I communicate precisely with them. I show up, I under promise over deliver. And I think they've learned, like, let her do what she wants and it will work out, you know. Well, it's kind of like they were probably micromanaging when you first started, right? A little. Yeah, it was it would be a situation where, you know, they told you when you got when you started, like, hey, we're going to be riding in the car with you a lot. We're going to be calling you a lot. We're going to be texting you a lot. You know, respond within 20 minutes. Show up five minutes early to everything or you're late. And then after like six months seven months, maybe like the phone calls just stopped, you know, and now, you know, I heard from them like every morning and now I just don't, I mean, I call them relentlessly. I'm like, I need this. Give me a discount for this. Give me promo material. Yeah. I can't remember the last time. Well, that's just something bullshit. We're just bullshitting on the Mm -hmm. phone with each other. Like when I first started, I was getting a phone call every day from my boss, like from Pino, you know, Pino, like all the time. Hey, you know, are you at this account yet? Because, you know, if you're not there yet, you're not going to make the, you're not, you're going to, you're not going to have enough time to finish your day and time, blah, blah, blah. I can't tell you the last time Pino called me for something that was like, yeah, maybe I would say it's work related, but like not work related, you know, like it's just like, who cares? And then he called me one time saying that, um, that they were going to some camping trip or some bullshit. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, cool. You guys enjoy. I don't give a fuck. You know? Like, yeah. And I, that's what is nice about it. Like I understand the micromanagement to make sure you're on task, but we all work so differently. And the yeah. bar, like, especially if you call on on-premise accounts, bars are so volatile. It's actually really counterintuitive, you know, for us to work from nine to five when most of our accounts are open from 5 p.m. to 3 a.m., you know, assuming assuming that we have no restrictions right now. But so it's really um, tough and interesting. And that's what I like is it can take me two hours to get eight hours worth of work done. Or if I wanted to goof around, like I can spend 14 hours doing it. Like as long as I get all my orders in and make sure that my customers have what they need, you get to like free range to do whatever you want. Well, it's kind of like if you have the downtown route Mm -hmm. for beer companies, you don't, you're not off at like whatever time. Like at Ajax, they told me if I ended up getting that route, they told me straight up when, when Jaybird calls you from Silkies and he's out of Milwaukee's best, you bring it to guess, him. guess what? You go in the warehouse and yeah, you're meeting, you're, you're meeting Nathan kegs. or Tony Bennett and you're pulling the kegs and you take them mm-hmm. down to them yeah. on a Saturday afternoon, yeah, whether you've been bullshit, excuse me, you've been drinking with your friends already or not. Like yep. it, that's the job. Yep. I think they really just said that because they, they weren't giving me a position anyways. Yeah. And they probably knew I wasn't going to do that. But yeah. like our friend that we both know. He, he had the position, Nick. Yep. 
And he never did that. I asked him, he's like, fuck no, I've never yeah, done that. I would say, yeah, he definitely would be like the kind of person that's like, no, I'm drinking at uh, the deli right now. No, I'm not <laughs> yeah. showing up or some shit. And I've, I've done, this is the most, this is not the most insane thing I've ever done. There's two things that I've done for accounts that are just like banana boats crazy. There's a third that almost happened. Um, I have been at the Liberty Bowl tailgating and had a customer call me after we had already had the discussion and they said, no, I'm good. I got an Uber from the Liberty Bowl to a liquor store to go pick something up for them, Ubered to them to pick it up, and then like Ubered back to the Liberty Bowl. I had a, an interview in Chattanooga. I drove to Chattanooga like Friday night, stayed up partying until 4 a.m., had the interview Damn. at 9 a.m., went and got lunch, and then drove back to Memphis to come do promos at like 7 o'clock at night. Um, and I've also, I called an Uber driver, which I think this is just luck. Um, this was my good karma. I called the Uber driver that I had booked from a similar situation. Like I had been out drinking or I was at like a dinner party or something. And I said, hey, look, dude, um, the directions on here don't make sense because you can see where I'm at. But like none of these things involve me. I was like, if I just tip you like 100 percent, like if the Uber is 50 bucks and I tip you 50 bucks. Well, you go to this liquor store, tell them you're here to pick up this alcohol for me, um, sign the invoice, like write an A or something and deliver it to this restaurant. And that, you know, so you there are times when they ask you to do the most preposterous stuff. Um, and I've unfortunately done it, you know, whether yeah. that makes me a clown or I'm over delivering for my accounts. You know, I just well, want them to rely on me, but not so much that I have to dictate everything to them. Well, I don't know, like. If you do too much for your accounts, then other accounts are hearing about that shit, right? Oh, I do it for all of them. Yeah. Even okay. the ones that like call me a bitch behind my back or like don't buy a bottle a month from me. Like the only thing they carry is Jack Daniels. I will. <laughs> I'm almost like it's out of spite that I more often over deliver for them or will like break my back for them just to prove like this is why you should do more business with me. Yeah. It is because when you need something, I'll be the one that's there for you. So do you believe in manifesting? Is that what you're getting at? Oh, yeah. I'm to I'm into like all I watch Gaia, like I'm into manifestation, like ancient civilization technology, like poor Patrick. I make him listen to like different frequencies at nighttime when we go to sleep so that we can oh, maybe God. like astral project or have like <laughs> lucid dreams or tap into our like another dimension or reality. Um and I think whether or not any of that shit's true. I mean, it's obviously something fun to like believe in or yeah. think about, you know, I'm not like convinced I'm not drinking the fucking Kool-Aid and like telling everybody this is how it is. I don't know shit, but I think it all hones back to me. Like you get out what you put in. Yeah. Um, there's so many societal constraints and injustices that we experience. Um, and even me, you know, I definitely didn't have it the worst growing up, but I did not have like the most cool or chill childhood ever. Um, I didn't go without, thank God. It's not like I had dirty water and like uh, right. dirt floors and shit, you know, like I had food on the table, thank God, but it was a really shitty situation to be in. And I think about how if I hadn't decided at a really young age, like I'm not going to let this be my life, like mm. being miserable and going without sometimes is a choice. And there are a lot of people that live like that. So I was like, fuck that. You know, I want to have a decent house. I want to have a decent car. I want to look decent. I want to take care of my body. You know, I want to take care of the people around me um, to whatever extent that means. So I just like work and work. And I'm very I love a good bitching session. Like yeah. I love to talk shit and like be negative, but I'm very good vibes only, you know, if I see if I'm around too many people with like nasty, toxic behavior, I will not 
can, you know, I just stop listening yeah. or I just, like, and I don't want to say I feel sorry for them or pity them, but I'm just like, ugh, you're missing out on the whole point. You know, like this is not the coolest place ever. Like America or earth in general, you know, there's a lot of things that stink about the way things are run, but you can definitely make it better by doing your best. I think some people wear like their childhood or the things that happened to them is like a tattoo on their face. Yeah. It's like, they don't want, they complain that they're in a situation, but they complain. So it's broadcasting what they're talking about. Absolutely. So they get attention for it. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, know. To, like that, Sonny, what you just said, like you, you have coworkers like this. I'm sure I don't know any particular, mm-hmm. but like, They'll see their paycheck and be like, this ain't shit. But do you also know they probably only put in like 15 hours oh, of work? that's what I'm saying. Like, you yeah, know, you that, just work more. Yeah, you know. And they complain about it. And mm-hmm. they don't change. They don't want to add more. They yeah. don't want to do more. Yep. They just want to complain and bitch about whatever their paycheck was. Yeah. Or 1500 2000 whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, it's like, you know, where I work, some of the guys, they put zero effort in, right? Oh, yeah. And they're making more than me. I was going to say, because but, that's the that's the bad part of our job. You know, yeah. it's like trading a commodity item like we do. If you can do nothing, like I could probably sit on my ass at an account all day and I would still make at least $60,000 a year, which is like more than the average teacher does, you know? So I could have like a decent life. It wouldn't be the one that I want to live, but mm-hmm. That's the bad part about our jobs is you, you can get really complacent really easily with that. Yeah, for sure. So what so what do you consider as being successful? Mm. I, not, not with this just, just yeah. job or yeah, your yeah, career, yeah. Or, you know, just like. I just think, I mean, like if you, I, you have to really like being successful, I think would be when you can learn to do more with less and you're happy with it. Like, you know. I don't think that rules out the desire for more ever. You know, I think you need to always have like at least a little tiny fire under your ass to do something, you know, but I think it's, it's like a comedy or like a rom-com in my household sometimes with Patrick, you know, but it's like, I wake up in the morning, the sun is shining, you know, I've got this big comfy blanket on me. I've got like fuzzy socks on. I can hang out with my boyfriend and my dog and like make the espresso that I like to make, you know, like I buy the things that make me happy and you know, I've got money in the bank in case there's an emergency, but then I go buy stupid ass shit every once in a while too. Um, but then finding the things that are pa- you're passionate about, like I'm really passionate about this astral projection, like, you know, dimension. I stuff. need to so look that up. It's cool. I mean, I don't know if any of it's true. Maybe I need to do mushrooms to understand it more, you know, but it, it, I love meditating. I do a lot of yoga at home. Um, you know, but, and that's another thing too, that like for me being successful, like I lift heavy weights, I love like stretching. Like I feel like a complete person, you know, I eat nutritional food. Um, I'm a Nazi about like my water intake. So I always make sure I try and drink like a gallon of water a day. Like I make sure I wash my face. So doing the things that make me happy and that I like, it's not like, um, I'm not like Gwyneth Paltrow, like spending millions of dollars on skincare and steaming my vagina and, yeah. you know, so it's like very simple, just I want to say our commodity lifestyle um, and like needing more and seeing what everybody else has and thinking that that's when you reach success or reach a happy point in your life. Uh, Just doing more with less. I think you can achieve success far earlier and it's going to be a lot more um, beneficial for you and the people around you. Exactly. Sorry, go ahead. No. So like, think about like this, what you just said, doing more with less. So like if you only have, and if you only have like three, whatever, and everyone else has 10, right. You can be, you can look at that as a, um, 
as you're the underdog. But yeah. you know, if you if you're able to do that, and imagine what you can you can do when you have the ten like everybody else yeah. does. You're gonna be unstoppable. Oh my, exactly. If you can do less, more with less, you you definitely unstoppable. That means you can adapt. That means you mm-hmm. can think outside the box. Yep. You can you can fix problems. As soon as they arise, you know, and that's what that's what sets me apart. Honestly, the rest of the company that I work yeah, with, yeah, totally everybody I work that. with, and that's probably why I think of you so highly as a friend too. There's like, I wouldn't say I ever live by mottos because I don't remember them, but the three things that I do always remember is like what I just said: do more with less. I've got this little magnet on my fridge that's like right when you open it that says "shit could be worse," and then any time I am faced with adversity, like and it could be something as trivial. I'm an only child, so I was kind of spoiled growing up. You know, thankfully, I had people that loved me so much. Like, I'm the only child, only niece, only grandchild on one side of my family uh, is adapt, improvise, overcome and like learn to get used to disappointment. Like things are not always going to work out for you. And if you just sit there and piss and moan, you are not going to get a single thing back. You know, like, okay, this route didn't work. What can I do? to get where I want to go by going around it. Like when my boss tells me no, I'm like, the fuck, who are you? Uh Uh-uh. I'm like, this is working out the way I want it to. And I'm going to figure out the way to do it. And I'll make my own rules. And I'm sure I've pissed so many people off along the way by doing that. But I just don't care enough. And then it's like when you actually do it, when you do actually do hit that goal or whatever oh, yeah. it is you're trying to get with limited resources. Oh, yeah. And everyone's like, well, how did, you, how did she do that? And your managers or your bosses or the mm-hmm. owner of your company is like, wait a minute. Did you, what did you just say? She, she actually did that. Yep. You told her no, but it worked out for us. And now we're making so much more money from that account. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You know, as he's going back to his billion dollar home or whatever, <laughs> you know, but he's like, he's like, Hey honey, it's humble rich. Hey honey, uh, Alex just made us a couple hundred thousand more at this, at the accounts, you know, it's just like, it's, I, I can't stand the people that bitch and bitch and bitch and bitch and bitch and bitch about whatever they're, they're mm-hmm. doing. But then it, it's like Tony always says, but they, it's one thing if you can change it, mm-hmm. which is very rare, you know? Yeah. But if you can change it, but you just don't want to, yeah, that's ridiculous. Still nothing for you. You know? I actually have a funny story about that. Um, so whenever, before I had started dating Patrick, I was like on a big old hoe bender. And it wasn't like I was just banging dudes left and right. That's really not my style. That was something that I I had decided when I moved to Memphis, you know, like, especially my thing, I'm so looking back on this over the last eight years, I'm really glad about this. Like I have not been with like emotionally or sexually. I mean, let's my ex, you know, but um, (laughs) you can cut that out if you need to. Um, I haven't been with anybody emotionally or sexually like from the goose, Mm -hmm. you know, and I tried to like strategically plan that. Like, I don't want to be one of the 20 girls that like goes home with like three or four people that you see at the bar every weekend. Cause then it does become uncomfortable. Like say I meet a man and want to bring him around and it's like, Oh, she banged like 20 dudes in this bar. That's embarrassing to me. And I don't want to be that person. But so when I had gotten out of the relationship with the hockey player, um, and we had dated for a long time and that it, everything was totally cool. That guy's so awesome. It just was at the point where I'm like on this fucking trajectory to shoot to the top, like in my life with my company about to buy a home downtown. Um, you know, I'm just trying to make all these positive changes and that was not working for us. Like he was on a different place and it was a ton of tragic shit had happened to him. Uh, I'd started, I got on Tinder, which I love dating apps. Like mm-hmm. if, I do not want to be in an open relationship at all. If Patrick listens to this, I don't like anything like that. What I love is the weird ass way that people interact with each other over social media. So 
I just love the way people approach you on Tinder or on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you know, LinkedIn, like social media platform people are using. So I had been going on, this is like, to me, this is a ghetto because this isn't my style, but I had go, I was like having to sit down at the end of my work day and like plan like four weeks because I had so many fucking dates lined up back to back to back. Jesus. And all those free was, meals. <laughs> uh, I know. That's what I was thinking. I was like, could I, should I buy groceries? No, I'm going out with fucking a tomorrow. I'm going out with G <laughs> tomorrow. I don't need to buy groceries. And then I'm like having to book a dog sitter. Cause I would like jump dates after, I mean, it never got to where I was like getting coffee with someone and then lunch and then dinner. Um, mainly because I'm so busy during the day. I have almost 150 accounts. Like, oh, yeah, you, you know, and my personal phone's my work phone too. So, me too. Oh my God. And I really wish that I could download Tinder and Tinder and get these um, messages from people. Like, there are guys that would dog cuss me because I would not reply back within like 12 hours. And I was like, bitch, I work. Like, mm. I have a job. I'm sorry, I can't check this. Like, I turn notifications off on everything. So, if you send me a message on Instagram, I'm not going to see it until I log into Instagram mm, and get it. Okay. So I was trying to finagle um, and I was dating. This is so I'm just going to say it like it is. There's nothing to hide around it. I was not going after like the apex men in the dating pool. Cause to me, if you're like a guy that ha- has any remarkable quality, you're probably not on Tinder, you know, like it's always like the handsome, well-to-do ones are the ones that are like quiet in the corner with their group of friends and they're hanging out with all their bros. Like you're probably not going to, or they're weird on Tinder. I don't know. They just don't, they're not going to post like their six pack and how much money they have, which is obviously all that women want um, on their Tinder. So I was kind of dating like C like level guys, like going on dates with guys that I totally would not go out on a date with normally, or <laughs> that would be picked out. So I'm going to keep rambling. Okay, I got to get to the point. Okay, so I no, 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 keep I, on going. I, um, I had asked this guy to, he was like, not cute, which is so sad. Like, he's really nice. Uh, he really wasn't my style. Nothing about him was really up my alley. But I was like, fuck it. You know, maybe I'm going to find like my, my Jewish king. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <all right>. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I um, said, okay, look, I'm going to the Peabody rooftop tonight for a work event. So you can come later. Like I'll be there at this time. Um, we have our own section. No, you cannot come in and I'll meet up with you later. Like, and then we can go get drinks or cocktails or something. And this was in the summertime, you know, obviously with the Peabody rooftops two years ago now. Um, so two summers ago and he shows up totally not my time. And I was like, whatever, fuck it. We'll just have fun. Like I'm here drinking for free with work. Um, and then I'll make him buy me drinks later. I'll at least talk to him. Like we can be normal humans. I'm not going to make it awkward or like lie and leave, which I have very, I hate shit like that. Um, so we went out, ended up getting like a little bit more drunk. It was really funny because he actually knew the people that we were there with. So it almost made it like, I like to be in control of those situations so mm. I can like dictate how the night plays. And he ended up knowing the dude that was there with us. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, okay, adapt, improvise, overcome. How are we going to get back in control of the situation? So we go out, have some drinks. I think we went somewhere else after the Peabody. We were walking back. And I cannot fully describe to you how badly I wanted to push this dude in front of a fucking car coming on. And this is a good story 
for him, I'm really proud of him. So if I remember everything correctly, like he works in money or trading or something. So he's pretty smart, or at least he can get things done. Like say he trades like day trading like stocks. Okay, That's a concept I can't wrap my head around. I mean, I buy cryptocurrency. I'm going to be rich in 10 years. So I'll see you bitches later <laughs> then. But I don't understand how that works. So kudos to someone who like has a skill set that I literally can't, my brain can't process that stuff. Um, and it sounds like he had been pretty overweight at one point and lost a ton of weight, which obviously that's something that can like resonate with you. You know, so I was great. Like I loved hearing that because that to me says those are good qualities like in a man that you would want. You know, he's determined to do something, can mm. lay out a plan and can achieve it and then can follow through with it. But this guy was crying and like pissing and moaning the whole walk back to my condo. And that's my thing, like with living downtown and then not drinking and driving. I'm like, if I can't walk to the bar in the summertime, I'm not going because I want to be out and be active. To me, that's the allure of living downtown, too. So he seriously was like, you know, you're just so beautiful. You're so funny. And I'm like, I know. Thanks for for (laughs) reminding me. Don't forget humble, too. Uh, And then he would just like cry, like not crying. There's no tears. But he was like, you know, it's just it's not fair that I just can't be with someone like you or I think I deserve someone like you. And I just was like, had you rejected him at this point? Well, it was our like we literally met, you know, say we'd been talking on Tinder for like two days or Mm -hmm. like an hour even. Um, And it was funny, like he was smart and witty. And I hadn't even there was no advance. It wasn't like we had gone on like five dates. And then he was like, well, you know, do we want to keep seeing each other or not? And I said, no, we literally had met six hours before and we were he was walking me home. So I didn't have to walk home by myself. Mm -hmm. And I had a very strict rule when I was on the tender is that no one is allowed inside my where I sleep. Um, Definitely not the first day we meet. That's how you die or get AIDS. Um, and then I do not kiss on the first date Mm -hmm. ever. Um, and it was a weird, like, I don't know if it's drinking culture or like the sexual sexualization of everything. Um, but like the guys that I would go out on dates with would just like get wasted. And then they're like, what do you mean? I can't come inside. I'm like, we're not going to have sex. So I like, I don't know what it's 10 o'clock at night. It's Tuesday. I have to wake up and work tomorrow. I just said, you're not coming inside because I'm not having sex with you. So what, can't you just go home? And it was yeah. like, they were grasping onto this. Like if I don't get it now, like you're going to disappear like Do you a think genie that- or some shit, but feeling the whole thing with that was feeling sorry for yourself. Like this one guy was like, oh, I can't run. I'm just like, no one wants to hear that. Like you're definitely not getting it now. No. And then on your first would you, date, would you have had sex with him like a couple no, days later no, or whatever? No, if he didn't. Absolutely not. No, wow, he was not my style. Oh, yeah, sorry, he was a C. But I, thought, <laughs> C. I thought that's what you were going for. Though. It was. For free oh, drinks yeah. and food, yeah. Yeah, not, no, not for fucking. for conversation and to meet new people and expand my horizons. Free meal. No, she knows always, guy, oh, look, no. This guy looks like a loser. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like that. No, it was just, I mean, and also like getting out and doing the thing. You know, I had never done that. Um it's kind of like, so what we were talking about earlier, how you're saying like, there's a lot of like alpha women that say like, I have a really hard time finding a guy. Um, that's definitely been the case for me up until now. So, I mean, obviously I wasn't dating when I was six, but you know, for the last 10 years, so let's, you know, <laughs> or no, even, um, you know, let's just say last 10, 15 years, you know, I'm 27 years old. Um, I've been in a couple of serious relationships, but I think the reason I was so interested in doing the Tinder thing mainly was I had And I still definitely could say I have this. I don't care about it because I'm like head over heels in love with my boyfriend. Uh, If I broke up with Patrick tomorrow or Patrick broke up with me, there'd be like six dudes that would message me as soon as they found out 
the, and that's of the 50 that want to like shoot their shot, but only six of them mustered up the courage. I would bounce from relationship to relationship instantly. Cause I have this like roster of guys that like want to be with me, which I don't even know what that means. Cause I'm like, you barely know me, but I would jump from relationship to relationship. So I'd like break up with a dude. We'd been together for like a year or six, even six months. Let's say we've been just very casual, like dating for six months. As soon as we were no longer seeing each other, it'd be like some dude's like trying to lock me down immediately. Yeah. And I kind of go for it. I like that companionship. I like is, having a bestie. Is anybody, <laughs> is anybody hitting up on you right now? Um, no. Even it, though they know you with Patrick? Yeah. So it's really cool. I guess maybe because I've been the way I am for so long. I think people just don't show me. I find it disrespectful. There's a certain component of it that's flattering and it's great to feel wanted or whatever, but it's also like, it makes me feel kind of queasy whenever people send me messages um, with when I'm with someone. Um, I'll just use past experiences for that. But then like now that I'm with Patrick, I actually got a message the other day from someone that I work with, which I knew they were into me. Someone had spilled the beans to me at a dinner. There was like six of us all together, like um, probably about a month ago we were doing a dinner and I was speaking there. And so was another person. And the guy that um, I worked the most closely with out of this group of six people, he was like, oh, that dude is all about you. Like, literally, you say it. And he's like, that's the word of God. You know, like it, mm. it breeds it. And he sent me a message the other day. And I didn't find this disrespectful, especially the way he prefaced it. But it almost makes me wonder if some things are just better left unsaid because we work together. Um, and I'm not going to make it uncomfortable at all. I mean, hell, I might even bring it up to make fun of him, like in yeah. front of other people, especially now that I know other people know that like he's into me. But he said he was like, hey, I really don't want to disrespect you or your man. But I just want to let you know, like, I look at everything you post. I think you're really funny. You're really smart. Like you have so many interests and you're so like well versed in these different things. Like it just makes me wonder sometimes what it would be like if you were not with him or there was an opportunity where we could have further developed our relationship. And in the reality, I'm not naive in the reality of things. Like, do I think that he probably wants to sleep with me? Like, yeah, sure. But maybe that could also mean like a really cool platonic relationship or like a really great friendship. Your okay. Face. Okay. <laughs> this bitch just said platonic relationship. You never know. No, I'm sorry, Alex. I <laughs> Me and Tony both just roll our faces pretty much at the same time when she said that dumb shit. Your eyes rolled out of your head, all of them. Okay. (laughs) This shit, he's trying to fuck, man. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Obviously. But I mean, you got to see the good in people because then for me, whenever you take it to that level, like you start saying stuff like that, does that mean I should never talk to another man again? Because there's no way that we could only be sexual partners. We can't have a friendship. There can be no communication between us. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm trying to put those good vibes out there of like, there's more than just hooking up with someone. I'm a very emotional person too. Like, so for me, I'm like, okay, well maybe there's I'm not going to pursue it. Like, no, I'm not going to become fucking friends with this guy. Obviously wants to bang. I'm not stupid. And I want to be respectful to Patrick. Um, But, you know, with us being, and this is a great example because we are work like coworkers is we have to be cool. So him and I actually may become decent friends. Like, is he still going to deep down secretly want to bang? Probably. But that's why I'm always going to keep him at arm's distance too. Right. To never allude to anything more than that. Well, you don't shit where you eat. Exactly. Oh, I made that mistake. Would you, so when this guy messaged you, did you tell Patrick? Hey, look. No, I'm just telling, no. no, because to me, it's not worth like. Okay, you, I, you, you don't see it, ways, you don't see it anything more fuck than no, okay, right? No, it like, and I always and you guys have seen like some of the dudes I've dated, so you like 
kind of know what I'm working with. Um, and my thing, the coolest thing about Patrick, and then I noticed this a long time ago too, I've, I've always dated older dudes um, just because I felt like I've been a lot more mature my whole life. But I want to say like four years ago, I was like, fuck, dude, I can't date anyone that's like under the age of 30. Otherwise, they're just total idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, but I dated a, a guy for so long that was so controlling and so paranoid. And he had so much shit going on in his life that he needed to sort out that I think he was just projecting all that onto me and trying to make mm-hmm. me out to be some dirty bitch scumbag. Um, that it was a nightmare. I thought it was respectful at some point to tell people that. And then this is the only reason I didn't say anything to Patrick, which it's not like he's coming on to me directly. You know, I mean, he he was cool. Like he said, I don't want to disrespect you or your boyfriend. I'm just letting you know, like, I think you're a cool person. That would just be a summarization of the message that he sent. But also, like, if I tell Patrick, say we go to like a Christmas party for work and that guy's there. You know, then like, I don't want, it's just going to create this weird energy. And then Patrick's going to see him and be like, oh, there's the guy that fucking messaged my girlfriend, you know, and that then it just sense. creates these bad vibes and there's no need for it. I mean, he's going to oogle at me regardless. Mm-hmm. If he had never sent me that message, he's going to oogle at me. He sent me the message. He's going to oogle at me. Right. If my boyfriend's there, he's going to oogle at me. So it's like, why even just make more chaos in the, in the room, I guess. So can men and women just be friends? Um, I think certain people can, Mm -hmm. and that's where over communication or just communication in general really steps in. Um, You know, I have relationships with people that like, I know they would bang me or I'm like, God, you know, like in another world, I probably would too, but (laughs) you just have to be cool. You know, like that's just the weird thing. I don't have really that many friends that are my age and it's because they don't know how to talk like about their feelings, about where they stand. It's like you can't be friends with someone unless you have sex with them. Mm. And that's uh, to me, it's just so lame. Like there's so many more things you can do that are fun and we're human, you know, whether or not we're monogamous, we like all have these underlying things that draw us to one another. Yeah. Um, it determines like who you hit on at the bar. And I think that there's plenty of people that I'm trying to think of one of our friends, even I don't want to like bust them out, right. you know? but I'm just trying to think of someone who probably like early on, they were like, I want to bang that chick. And, but now we're tight, mm-hmm. you know, like we can go do things together and it not be fucking uncomfortable. You know, that where there's that weird tension in the room, like that tension between me and Raul right. right now. <laughs> so Tony, Tony, do you think the friend still wants to bang her? hundred percent. Okay. Oh thank my you. God. I'm thinking he's, he, he's just waiting for her to slip up. Like, well, hey, you know I what? Guess, you're, yeah. you're so oh, nice. Yeah. You're so nice I mean, like, to me. Oh, your boyfriend was mean to you. Let me oh, console come here. You. Come here. I'm oh, what's saying, in my pocket? I'm sorry. I'm not saying they're not, they're not you're actually your friend, but mm-hmm. if some, if you were to throw something out there, I don't see why they would turn it down. No, absolutely not. I mean, Maybe not, we should go back to courtship and uh, arranged marriages to prevent any of that stuff. I mean, you're not, you know, on the show 600 pound life or whatever it is. Oh, so, man, you know, but like- I, I threaten Patrick with, <laughs> I say the most outlandish shit Poor him. I'm like, I mean, tell me that that comes up on TikTok or Instagram. I'm like, Patrick, would you still be with me if I gained like 500 pounds so I could get on TLC? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I was going to ask you this. What's like some of the meanest shit you said to a guy just to see how far you can push it? Um, just to see what he's going to be, reaction is going to be. Yeah. So I really, I'm a big, what is that Bitch. mean girls where she's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm a pusher. Um, I love pushing people. Like I will say 
the most outlandish shit with people that I'm really comfortable with just to see what their reaction is. Cause I love that. I love how we all interpret things so differently. Like we're all comprised of the same things, but we're a hundred percent different. Um, Patrick, I hope to God he thinks I'm funny. Cause I laugh my ass off. <laughs> I ask him the most banana boat shit all the time. Um, and that's a healthy way for us to do it. Like we're laughing and smiling when we're doing it. I definitely would say with one of my exes, he was fucking me up in the head because he was like, had so much stuff going on and I was having fun. You know, I'm like, mm, okay, we're not going anywhere like this. We're just going to stay in this relationship. Like, cause the sex is good and we enjoy each other's company enough, but then it gets like bad. I would fuck with him relentlessly. Um, and I've never been outright mean to a guy in the last 10 years. Let's, I would say like pre Memphis, post Memphis or current, like, I don't remember any of the shit I said when I was like 16, 17, 18, 19, you know, like Mm -hmm. I just didn't pay enough attention. I was too busy worrying about like, Oh my God, does my hair look good? Do my boobs look nice? Uh, it now I would never say something like hurtful to see how far I could push someone off. If I could pull up tender, I'm sure that there's like plenty of times, you know, I'm pretty sarcastic person and kind of dry, that I've said things that could most certainly be interpreted Mm. as being like hateful or rude, but there's still like that undertone of humor behind Mm. them. Like I would never take shots at the way someone looks. Cause I know you can't always control that, you Mm. know I mean? Um, And then like just the way people talk, you know, it just depends on how they grew up, like what, you know, region they're from, like what colloquialisms they would use. So I try to be cool in that component i would never like outright disrespect somebody unless they do it to me first yeah then i would become like the most hate no, or i either don't care or i'm real fucking hateful but especially like in regards to social media you know there's like dirty rotten shit that gets sent to you as a female like thankfully i don't have that much stuff like there's like when i was doing research for these that i went into um there's like a secret folder on facebook it's not news now like you have like a hidden folder where it's kind of like facebook filter it's like your spam folder oh, yeah. filters out shit that you probably don't want to see i had deleted some of these like 10 years ago because they were so sickening like and i don't think i've necessarily maybe a long time ago and if i had snapchat still i don't act like i'm not active it's not even on my phone i don't think um, I tried using it when it became really popular. It's just not my thing. I don't like taking pictures of myself, so I'm not, I don't care about for that. You sliding in your DMs? Yeah. That, oh, yeah. yeah vulgar like, shit. Like, there would just be, and there's weird stuff, too. Like, you would look at these people's pages, and it's very typical of, like, the psychopath you find on Facebook. It'd be, like, a medium-sized white guy with, like, the lowest quality camera you've ever seen. And he's, like, in a poorly lit room with, like, orangish lights and, like, a tapestry on the wall and like holding up a gun or some shit. Mm. And it would be like, I want to come all over your tits. Like, and then you wouldn't reply. And then you get another one like a week later that says like, please, I'm begging you. <laughs> <laughs> so then the next one after that was fuck you, bitch. Exactly. I hope Good you morning, die. Sweetheart. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're lucky. I don't know where you live. Cause I'd come run you over otherwise. And it's like, what the fuck? Either you block those guys or I'm like, fuck you little dick man. Like you're uh, crazy. I just don't understand what they think that kind of initial conversation is going to spark. Where is that going to spark? And that's, so that was, that's what I like. And what I'd love to know, there's no answer to this question, you know, cause we're all hardwired so differently and mm-hmm. it depends on what part of the world you grew up in, what neighborhood, what you're, I mean, so many out external factors that you can't even control. I'm just curious, like when has a man, maybe there is no thought. Maybe that's the problem is like us logical folks are giving it too much thought. When do you think that like you say, God, I love those big tits. Like my dick's rock hard and I would love to just 
throw it all over you. Yeah. Like, and then he's like, hell yeah, she's going to love, like, as he's typing it, she's going to love this. This is the woman of my dreams. We're going to end up, we're going to have a homestead together. We're going to be like <laughs> making butter and yeah. collecting, you know, I don't know where that comes from. And it makes me scared because sometimes I'm like, those people need help or they have a friend, you know, and then I get this weird moral obligation. I'm like, maybe I should be nice so that they have a companion that, and hopefully they don't kill me. <laughs> so what are some of the most fucked up shit guys have said to you that you remember on uh, your DMs? Definitely like the, I want to come on your tits. is like the most abrasive thing. I have had people ask me for foot pictures, which that like, I can't not reply to those. I have to, there is an innate thing that's like, you have to answer. Um, someone, but this was an insulting, like, I don't like feet, so I would never sell my foot pictures. Um, but they were like, I'll pay you $25 for a foot picture. And then I had this moral dilemma. I was like, is that too little? You know, like, should I demand more or should I just be a dick about it and like demand an exorbitant amount of money? I had asked for like a thousand dollars and he was like, no, divide that by like 25. And then I was like, fuck you. And it's of course like Instagram with like no picture, no other posts or anything. Um, I would say now that I'm like not really on the market, stuff like that has turned down when I was like, and this is sick too, I guess when you think about the age thing, like when I was like 16 to 21, stuff was flying in like you might as well have been hurling like snow or wood chips, you know, out where things would come in and out. And I would ignore a lot of them. Um, the most common, and I would not think I'm alone with this unless you're, you know, I don't like put it out, you know? So maybe if I was posting more promiscuous stuff mm -hmm. or if I wore more promiscuous clothing or like did my makeup and did my hair, I would get more of like the sick stuff. Yeah. But I have an insane amount of messages from people that I don't really have a friendship with that I maybe have met or haven't met that just say hi. That's their intro. Yes. I never reply. What the? F I'm like, no, you followed me because you saw me like handing out T-shirts at the weekend, mm -hmm. you know, and you've asked them, who's that? Or I said hi to you. I was nice to you because I wanted to give you a Jack Daniels T-shirt and take your picture mm -hmm. and you wanted to follow me. And then you sent me a message that says, hey. That's more. I'd rather a nat, you're fine, uh, I'd rather a horrific message. You know, like you gotta shoot your shot. That's right. That's yeah. what I say. Like, are you more offended because he didn't like send you a dick pic or something? I think so. <laughs> this guy's gotta be normal. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, I know. Uh, he's not being normal. No, hey, hey, hey. No, that's just I don't know. And that's where you know when I was asking this to Patrick yesterday, like, where is that balance between being a regular person trying to? be forward enough and maybe be courteous, like be cool. Don't be weird. Um, and then coming off like a total freak. Like it was very interesting. And I had said this earlier, like when I, when Patrick and I were courting each other, um, I was the one that pursued all of it. Like I had seen him and I was like, hey, give me that meat stick. Baby. Oh my God. I was like <laughs> his dreamy eyes and his blonde hair. Uh, but then once we had kind of like made that initial contact, like we had, I showed up at the bluff wasted one night after I had done like a wine dinner and uh, chatted his ear off for like an hour. And then I was like, take me home. I'm so desperate. Um, and he <laughs> shot me down. <laughs> he said, no, I have to work. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> so I went home, licked my wounds. Um, but I had like kept pursuing him, but it kind of got to the point where I was viewing it. I was like, okay, I go to the bluff. Well, this is like, no one kill me if I say this. I go to the bluff Tuesdays at two. That's when I call on that account. Um, then I was like, what if I go? Like, is Patrick going to think that I'm like hunting him down, like showing up? And I'm like, no, you're being a crazy person. Like, this is your job. You've been doing this for three years, you yeah. know? Um, and so I just don't know if men... 
not all men. I'm not going to lump everyone together. I just don't know if some people are oblivious to that or they have that reasoning that happens, you know, or if it's like, I'm going to show up. Um, we actually, I'll say his name and then you guys can cut it out. I don't know how the editing component of it works. We have a friend. You guys should know who it is. Do you know who oh, that yeah. is? Yeah. God, yeah. So. Oh, those eyes. Dude, you see that, Tony? Oh She's my like, God. Mm. So he <laughs> was very cool early on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's like the level of frustration whenever you're pursuing someone and maybe you think you're trying to, you're like putting the hay in the barn, but then you're never going to reap the benefits. This dude was so nice. And I was like, oh, a friend, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I would see him out at bars and he, I want to say the last, not the last time I saw him. I never see him anymore. I would see him a lot. Um, And I told like we were out one time and he was mean to me, not the other guy Mm. was mean to me. I was like, say something to this dude like i'm not i've told him no 50 times mm-hmm. and i've laid down the the boundary like here's a line in the sand stop trying to fucking cross it because it's not going to go away he would like dog cuss me really? at the bars oh yeah like fuck you you're so fucking pretentious you think you're so hot and i'm like i don't want to have sex with you that's all mm-hmm. like there's nothing else um it, it was that was weird real weird so you know then that makes me whenever i was trying to get patrick to be with me i'm like well if i I don't want to be like that. You know, yeah. I don't want to be the person that's coming on too strong or being crazy about it. I want to be cool. I want to be the hot girl for fun. <laughs> I want him to like me. <laughs> what do you think then? I mean, so what through your trials and errors, it's always errors. Isn't oh it? <laughs> no. I mean, is there, what do you think is the right way? You know, I I'll say mine and I'll keep it short. I'm big on the human connection and I'm big on communication and eye contact. Mm -hmm. And my thing, anytime I've tried to get with a guy, whether it's I wanted to date them or I wanted them to take me out for drinks or if I wanted to hook up, which thankfully I don't like do that, do that, you know, so it didn't really end up like that. My thing's eye contact. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm at a bar, let's just use the goose as an example, because this has happened with a dentist. Um, I saw his teeth from like across the bar and I was like, fuck that guy's teeth are white. I was like, man, okay. I was like, hell, whatever. He's kind of cute. Like I just keep looking at him casually and smiling. You know, like if a girl's making one of those faces, like the emoji with like the teeth like this and the eyes like to the side, like if you accidentally make eye contact with someone, you know, there's that weird like spark. Mm -hmm. But then if you don't notice that they're looking at you anymore, like I would never go approach that person. If like they just keep looking away and if there's not really, they're not smiling, especially. Um, so I think that's the best way. Like the Facebook messaging thing, any of them, no digital message. Unless there is absolutely no chance you will ever run into this person, I would never send him a message mm-hmm. and be like, hey. Hey, you want to hook up? That kind of message? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I would, you know, if there was something like that happened organically over the series of like months, which nobody's that patient, you know, be like, oh, like a post here, comment on a post there and be like, hey, I saw that we have a lot in common. Like, do you want to grab coffee? Like a year later, maybe it wouldn't be so creepy, but I'm just kind of, and for me with my time, I'm like, mm, do something well, out of my routine. Have no. you, uh, what have if you, the guy just thinks that you're just being nice and smiling and not, no, it's flirting. Then I come on harder. Mm. I'd like throw in a wink, like, you know. <laughs> what is this fucking 80s movie? Dude, that's my life. That's what I did to Patrick. Don't, and it worked. So clearly my so tactics tell us, worked. So tell us how you courted, how did you land Patrick? Land Patrick. Oh my God. He's like, what is that? The golden lamb? Like, what's the pinnacle of like perfection for something that you'd like to attain? I don't know. He's like my 
I don't know. Like the Lord of the Ring. Yeah, he's my unicorn. Um, So we were like making eyes at each other like every once in a while. It was really interesting because I think he he knew about me and then I saw him. Mm -hmm. And that had been in the summertime for sure. Probably like June, July, August. Um, I think we had talked once or twice in like September. My biggest thing very ironic now because we're dating and have been is that I was like, I will never, ever, ever date an account Mm. or hook up with an account. And since I'm no, no on hookups anyway, you know, I was like, I just don't want to put myself in that uncomfortable position. And I've had accounts like relentlessly come after me. Like uh, I remember, um, Bill street music festival we had in Tim who has the climax moonshine. He's like the original moonshiner. I can't remember his last name. It's not Smith. Um, but we had were hosting him at Alfred's and having a party there. And I had like two accounts that I had invited. You know, we want our customers to come to that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were running around and I would have these bartenders, like there was only one or two of them at the time that were like, where are you? Where are you now? Can I come hang out? Do you want to go get drinks after this? And it's just like, I was like bouncing from bar to bar. And I'm like, yeah. I don't have time to like babysit you and all this stuff. Um, so it was very weird at first because when i first saw patrick i was like god he's so dreamy like my perfect like aryan guy like blonde hair blue eyes pale skin hell Mm. yeah so but then i was like alex come back like come back to your senses you don't date accounts you're not going to hook up with an account you're not going to form a relationship with it you can be friends but nothing more than that i mean i think that got brought up so i know i had showed up and i want to say I had left something at the bluff. This is so generic. It seriously is like a movie. I had left something at the bluff mm-hmm. and was like, hey, I need to come pick this up as I'm wasted. It's like my grand scheme, like finally unfolding. Um, I showed up. He gave it to me. And then we started talking for like an hour or something. And I think I had scheduled. It worked out very serendipitously. I had scheduled like six promos at the bluff over the course of like six weeks. So I'd have to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had been there the night before my promo was scheduled. And then I came the night of my scheduled promo the next night. There was a really popular band there. Um, and I was standing at the bar having a drink, you know, sometimes depending on the account that I go into, I'll just hand out the shirts like they're fucking hot potatoes. Um, and other times I'll hang out and listen to music and have a couple drinks. And if there's someone there, I know then I'll talk to him. Um, but I had seen him in the sound booth and like smiled and then he smiled back and then I winked at him and looked away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there was a coworker standing next to him and he was like, I just saw her fucking wink at you. If you don't go over there, I am. So Patrick, like the speed runner, you know, like torpedoed over me <laughs> to me. And uh, we started talking. And I think, God, if I handed out the, if either one of us worked, you know, I don't know, we could have just stood there for two hours and talked and then was like, do you want to go home? And then from there on, it was, I was like, I'm in love. <laughs> Stay with me forever. Don't leave. <laughs> so, I saw something online yesterday, it's on Facebook, mm-hmm. that these girls were talking about, um, it's in one of these weird groups I'm in, I'm friends w- and, and joined, mm-hmm. they were talking about guys sending dick pics to them, right? Mm-hmm. Now, in the in the thing, they said, um, well, yeah, most of the time when the guy sends me a dick pic, I don't I don't delete the message, I don't delete the, the thing, I save the photo, oh. or a screenshot, either way his name is in it, Yeah, and... When me and my girlfriends all get together, we discuss them like over brunch and shit, no. and we all just laugh about it. Is that no. true? Or was, I, this girl, was this girl just saying that? Because I was like, that's mm. so like, have I ever laughed about this? I was thinking about this yesterday too. This is so sad. Guys have it so hard. Like, seriously. Um, have I ever laughed about a penis to another friend? Hell yeah. Which that stinks. Like, mm. I feel guilty inside. Like, you can't change that the same way I can't change like my nipples or something, you know? But you can. 
Well, now I can, which is awful. I'm anti that. Um, I'm anti. I mean, if you have a fucked up situation, by God, right. fix it. You know, like you deserve that. But if your shit's like a little different than what we see in porn, you're fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's worse things. Uh, shit could be worse always. You know, have I done that before? Absolutely. And do I have one friend now that I would laugh about? Yes. I would say I'm not a good person to ask because I'm pretty secretive about a lot of things. But I definitely have, like, laughed about a penis. Have I taken, like, a picture, like a screenshot of a Snapchat and sent it to someone or, like, archived them so I have this, like, Bible book of dicks that I whip out? And I'm like, ha, ha. It's like, no, because I don't want to. My thing with that is that shit comes back to bite you in the ass. What's going to happen is like you're making fun of this dude's penis at brunch with all your girlfriends. And then in six months, you're banging him. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, that dick was so funny at, you know, Cafe Olay's brunch. But now you're on your back six weeks later, six months later, you know, the way things work out. So I'm good vibes only for that one. But absolutely, I've laughed about it. I don't think that's what everybody sits around and does. Like, I don't give them enough light. You know, for those things, like I wouldn't like. So, are you talking about dicks that she's been with, or just guys that sent her dick? Dicks? Sent, sent, I think, yeah, sent, sent them. Uh, you know, yeah, my bad. Yeah, not 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 like not like, like boyfriends people, or anything yeah. like that. There's no, and I also have not received enough over. You know, I think if I've gotten one, it would be with someone that I'm with, mm-hmm. not a stranger. See, that's shocking to me. Not saying I don't believe you, but like mm-hmm. I've talked, was talking to this one girl yesterday about this, you know, and she was telling me that guys send her dick pics unsolicited. Is she no. Okay. I think the thing with, that could be it. No, maybe what I think with her is she just comes off as intimidating. Oh yeah. And so people didn't think they, they know it probably wouldn't fly. Oh, okay. Like I, see I have what you're a saying. zero tolerance policy for something like but, that. But you know, she was telling me that I guess she's more what is the word? Docile or docile? Not do, what is it? Docile. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like maybe she's less intimidating than Alex. So they were like, I'm not hey. saying it's right either right. way. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But, but like. You know, you can go to jail for that shit. That's like that's sending the a thing, dick pic and a girl like people, reports it. Yes. Like you're fucked. That's like you can get in trouble for real. The crazy thing, like I had mentioned earlier, with the age that I had been when some people would do that stuff to me, like that was definitely a pre Memphis thing. Like I would for sure get people that would send stuff like that to me more often than when I was younger. Um, not that I'm fucking old now, but it's so is like it's just like I, I think it's the commodity of convenience or like the problem that we have with convenience. Like, I mean, what would you do in the 1700s? Have some dude sketch your penis and then you put it in like snail mail and have like a carrier pigeon carry it? No. And no one wanted to see that shit because everybody like had these raunchy bushes and hadn't showered for like a month and a half. Yeah. But so I guess it's just, you know, you've got it. And you get this crazy thought, whatever these crazy things that like drive us to do banana boat shit like that. Um, They just send it. I don't know. I think you're right. Probably like they're like, oh, that would not fly with her. Like it would not at all. Well, either way, I think you should. I mean, I I send dick pics. Oh, hell yeah. But like, you know, I make sure like it's. It looks good. Exactly. Like, you know, like make it look as big as I possibly can. I send it. I had this friend um, in college. I had two really good friends in college that I don't speak to anymore. But like if they came to Memphis tomorrow or like asked me to hang out, like we would pick up like we had never not talked. You know, I think I have a lot of friends like that. And I really hope that people who I don't talk to often understand that. Mm -hmm. You know, I understand and respect that everybody has their own life. um, And I don't want to be up your ass every day. I. Like, and that's the thing about dick pics, like penises have like an allure to them because that's like how you procreate, you know, that's where life comes from is through a man and a woman like that. 
she showed me this dick pic that this guy sent her. I'm not fucking kidding. You know, the, like whenever Pringles or Lay's came out with like a new type of canister that was like blue plastic with a yellow lid. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was like when the baked chip, like mm-hmm. not fried, became popular or whatever. Like this Pringle stacks or some shit is what I want to call them. This dude's dick was up next to it and it was bigger than the Pringle can. Was it real? Yes. And I felt like. I'm getting queasy just thinking about it. Like, it made me cringe, you know? And that's kind of what it wasn't. Like, it's just like, ugh, I would never imagine that in you. Yeah. That's what freaks me out about it. And then, you There's know. no anal for that guy. Hell no. no hell no. No, no. You can't. I mean, I you'd mean, almost and you'd suffocate her, too. It, yeah. Like, it, during a blowjob. It's probably not that fun because no one's mouth is that big. Like, you'd be scratching it and everything. There's just not. I mean, that. I know that's idolized with the porn and sex industry. That's like the mecca. Like you want to have just a freaking hammer in your pocket, but that's not like what regular people want. And like good dicks, I would think probably don't look that great. You know, like they're not, you know, like the, if you <laughs> like, it wouldn't look good in a picture. Yeah. And also it's not like you're shopping for a car, you know, you're not me. You want anyway. a dick that's like utility wise. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. a Swiss army knife. Yeah. What's too big? Obviously, the Pringle can. Yeah, Pringle can. I mean, I wouldn't say like. Do you think the guy with the Pringle? I'm sorry. Do you think the guy with the Pringle can can get fully erect because his dick's so big he has to hold? Like, you know, I was going to say like he could die. He could pass out, right? Because all the <laughs> all blood leaves his brain. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like all the blood, you know. Like, but I think like some of those guys in porn, and you know, it's a job, and mm-hmm. maybe some oh, of them might yeah. be drugs are involved yeah, for they sure. Might be gay, you know. Yes. Like, yeah. So. There's. Ooh, that's tough. That's There's so a tough. lot going on in mm-hmm. porn. But uh, so what's too big? I think the any, Pringle can. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry. Even, sorry. What's What's just right? Like that's so ambiguous because all of us are so different. For Women, you. Yeah. For me. Um, oh, this is so gay. Patrick's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. No, I mean, you like. Patrick, it, it coming doesn't. in with a two incher. <laughs> hey. No, if you like, I think if you is so gay, I can't believe I'm saying this. If you create that emotional connection with someone and you are comfortable enough talking to them about what you like and don't like. Mm-hmm. And you could have seriously like a three inch dick that's like that big around, you yeah. know, the size of a quarter and you can make that shit work. You are almost better off with a smaller than average penis, I think, than you are with something that's like ungodly big. Like if I if when I die, if I'm in like a Sims creator or something and they're like, OK, you're going to be a dude, pick what you want. Like you can pick the size, shape, color of everything. Yeah, I would. And they said, but unfortunately, when it comes to the penis, you have to pick a little smaller than average or a donkey dick. I'd pick smaller than average because then I'd be like, I just got to be cool enough to like talk. It's funny to me when women talk about dick size, like they always say they want a big dick or a guy has a small dick and they make fun of him. Yeah. But then, but then like when it comes to anal, it's too big. Oh yeah. So if he has like a a six inch dick or a three inch dick, it's too big for anal. (laughs) Yeah. But for the vagina, which is expanding. Yes. Is not the right size. It sucks. We're so brutal when it comes to things like that. I saw something the other day. It was like, you know, women need to stop body shaming men. Just like they don't want yep. to be body shamed. Oh, yeah. You can't, you know? I mean, grill someone. I mean, there's, you can grill people for stupid things. Like they just made an atrocious decision when it comes to like fashion. But I mean, at the end of the day, I come from it like an approach like, oh, well, everybody likes what they like, yeah. you know, or they grew up where that was cool or whatever. Um, but totally grilling people for things that like they were born with. Not cool with. 
you mentioned something earlier about like communication with sex. Like I always tell people, like I have a friend of mine, she was hooking up with this guy and she was like, uh, the guy wouldn't go down on her. Okay. And I'm like, why don't you say something? She's like, yeah. I don't feel comfortable. I'm like, if you're letting somebody go inside you, why can't yeah, you not say what thing. you do and is do not you, like? And I totally think, and this is this after this, I say it, it will never go anywhere. I'm not going to push for this. All I can do is like live my life the way I live it. And maybe if I have kids train them this way, like, you are being that's the closest you'll ever be with someone. Mm-hmm. You're having sex with them. Yeah. Um, the you know, whether you're religious or not, I'm totally not. Um, is that you, that is supposed to be like the clo- the thing that you share sacred with another person. That's a holy union of you and someone else. When you share your body, you've only been given one of these things and mm-hmm. you're letting someone like put their stick inside you. How the fuck can you not be like, go down on me? Yeah. You know, and then maybe it opens up the door for something that's very uncomfortable as far as like what their response would be like, well, you know, like it stinks, you know, or something like that, or it's not appealing or you need to, you know, because then that's something maybe she needs to know. Like maybe she needs to focus on better hygiene. Mm -hmm. Um, If you definitely, if you're going to let someone put their penis inside you, I think you have got to be comfortable enough to say, I want you to do this, or I don't like when you do that, you know, but, and I think that there's a good balance and you have to figure that out. Like, have I done things that I don't like? Hell yeah. You yeah. know, you make sacrifices. Like, do I want to wake up and take the dog out or do I want to wake up and take the kids out? No, but you do them anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you don't like, do I want to wake up at 7 a.m. on Friday and go to the office and do meetings? Fuck no. But in order to get what I want then, you know, in the future, looking forward, um, you got to put things in place. And that to me is like that inability to communicate for me would signal if they stayed together, mm-hmm. they're going to be unhappy. Yeah. She cannot, you cannot be in a happy, complete relationship. If you can't tell your dude, Hey, I want you to lick my snatch. Yeah. And, Cause then how the fuck are you going to start talking about taxes? How are you going to talk about house payments? You can't talk about the simplest thing. Mm, I completely That's, agree. <clears throat> I just wonder why some people like your friend, Tony won't, won't say anything. Like, is I it, think a lot of women don't want to be, Berated possibly by the guy or to feel like inferior or mm-hmm. some it's it's a lot of uh, stigma that's put on women sexually like yeah. they feel like they'd be meek oh yeah and see like uh another thing i don't understand is like why like women fake orgasms yeah because that, i think you're mm. gassing this guy up to take his shit dick game yep. to somebody else yeah. and he thinks he's running the shit yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's not do you, you ever know? fake it like to I get have, it over with. I have. Um, not like, oh, this is terrible. Let me just pretend I'm orgasming. Well, that or like, you know, uh, like I said, I'm a really emotional person. Like sex is an emotional thing for me too. Um, have I had like sex that's like not emotional? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's kind of like, chances are it's probably like three in the morning on a Saturday you know, or Sunday morning anyway, and you're wasted. Like it's probably not going to happen. That's just the reality of the world is like you can't always do it. Mm-hmm. You know how badly you want to. Um, I'm sure you guys have experienced a situation where you just couldn't. You know, it, that's just a, something that's out of our control, no matter how much you're into that person. Mm-hmm. Um, have I faked it? Yeah. Do I know why? No. Like, it It just is, I think that there is a thing like gassing someone up, but then I also kind of liked the component of like making them feel good. Like they had done something. You know, that's the only way I think I could justify it. Um, then I'm very against it now. Yeah. And I think if we also talked about sex with the youth in an appropriate way, you know, not like sex is cool because it is, you know, but don't tell children that. Um, but just made people more open to like, okay, 
there's how many people are in the United States? Like three million? Three hundred. Three hundred million. Sorry, yeah, because I was listening to a thing that three hundred forty. He something wanted there like to be a billion, and I remember there's three hundred million. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so there's three hundred million people on this in this country. They all have dicks or vaginas, and they all eventually would like to have sex or have had sex. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like something. It's a. It's this like not a rite of passage. I don't like when people put it that way, but we all experience the same thing. Like we all suffer. We all feel love. We all feel happiness. We all feel the sun on our skin. So being able to talk about sex, that's why I don't like religion. You know, as a lot of them create it, like it's this like voodoo magic. Like you'll turn into a toad after you have an orgasm or something. Um, But, you know, feeling comfortable with yourself. And then I think too, that a lot of it comes from inner insecurities. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, your friend, maybe she doesn't want to talk about her vagina to this guy she's with. Because she like, it's like, ugh, my vagina is gross, you know, or I don't like my vagina. So God, I don't even want to have a conversation where that's the psych, the middle of it. You know, I don't want that to be the hot topic. Maybe some guy, like she just said, maybe some guy probably just said, fuck you and yelled at her and like berated her or something like that. Or Or, just made her feel like shit. Made her feel like shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it comes up where you just have to, you've really got to like accept yourself and you know, I'll, I'll use, I'll throw myself like on this grenade. I don't, um, like I don't subscribe to fast fashion. You know, I really only buy mindful pieces, things that I really like that make me feel comfortable. Cause I know how it feels waking up in the morning. Cause I've been there. I've spent like thousands of dollars on clothes and all this makeup and this perfume and these jewelry and these accessories to like try and make myself feel more appealing. And then when I look at myself in the mirror, I'm like, you look like a fucking fraud. Like mm. get that lipstick off your face, change that outfit. You look so stupid. Like a lot of people don't even know I have boobs cause I don't like put them out, yeah. you know, cause that doesn't feel authentic to me. Um, and we're a part of a society, I think globally, unless you live in like a third world country where, you know, these appearances, you've got to like fit this status quo, mm-hmm. you know, and then you look at everyday people and it's like, that's not what they look like. So I'm big on like, I don't dye my hair or I get my hair cut like twice a year because I like having long wild hair, you know, and I don't wear that much makeup cause it irritates my skin. And whenever I wear a ton of makeup, I don't feel comfortable. Yeah. And you know, like I learn ways to take better care of myself and I'm more in tune with myself so that I can feel more comfortable talking to other people. And that has really helped me, I would say like in the last year, because I'm going to the OBGYN for a lot of pain that I'm in. Mm. And I think to myself, like how many other women are in pain like I am or are in worse pain than I am who can't even go to their doctor and like talk about their vagina or talk about the stuff on the inside that's hurting them because it's like, oof. You know, like it's people the heebie-jeebies, you know, so her being like more in tune or authentic to herself, I think would be the first step to get into that point. Mm. Well, I know we're running low on time um, because you go bartender party and stuff. I got one more question. This is a fun question, I think. Tell me something that made you smile this week Um, or really happy. Oh, my God. So like. The whole snowstorm is like, it makes me like want to laugh, smile, cry. Um, You know, I think there's a lot of things fucked up. I was so mad driving over here at the roads. I'm just like, fuck this city. They cannot take care of us at all. They don't take care of the population here. The roads fucking suck always. It doesn't matter that they're covered in snow. But what I was like smiling about and laughing about um, in a way, whether it's like a humbling experience, you know, now we're supposed to boil our water. But then there's these articles that are coming out saying, oh, there's no contaminants in our water that have actually been found yet. I saw that shit. And then it's like, oh, we were at the store yesterday and people were buying tons and tons of bottled water. Is that I'm like, God, I live 
the cushiest fucking life ever. Like, even if I lived in a five, if I lived in a room this size, let's just say I lived in a 300 square foot room. If I have goddamn electricity whenever I flip the switch and I have water coming out of the tap, like, that's the cushiest shit ever. There are countries where people boil their water every day. No one comes and tells me, like, when I turn the water faucet on, no one's like, but Alex, you used three gallons today. Like, that's it. Now you gotta walk six fucking miles and purify that shit yourself. I'm very into being grateful for like the everyday things like i said do more with less so that i mean this whole snowstorm um the pandemic is such a humbling experience i think you know i cannot wait till it's over obviously like most people but i'm really excited to see like how people act after i think that the assholes are going to be bigger assholes and that the nice people will become nicer hopefully we would all become more gracious and understanding and flexible as a population um, but smiling about like just living a in a life where it's like, okay, turn the lights on, those things fucking work, whether or not I want them to, you know, and I can get in my car and drive and go get groceries and like flip someone off at the intersection if I want to or whatever. I just <laughs> yeah. love life. That was what I was smiling so about. What made you happy this week? Nothing. Oh, oh I knew man, it. what a fucking Not even Raul. <laughs> Not even me. Get his spin. No, he was here all week. Was that say, that yeah. should make you happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, two bros chilling, doing <laughs> yeah. bros stuff, being bros. Uh, what made me happy this week was actually getting time not to do, have to do anything. Yeah, being like pressured and yeah, because you know, like I was like, fuck. I miss not having to do shit, you know? Yeah. Like, like with our nine for our jobs, yep. it's not a nine five for us. Hell no, it's 24 seven. Our routes are so big and like, I'm just like, man, shit, I really miss not doing shit. And this is really, this is awesome because, you know, I believe we're going to get paid. We're, if, yeah. If we don't get paid, that's fine. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty 100% yeah, sure you're we're going to die. Right. But, like, you know, it's like you said, I live, we live here in Memphis where there's bad shit always happening yep. to people or yeah, the kids city. Yeah, fucking lead in their water you know, the in ci- impoverished areas. Yeah. You know, the city sucks when doing this or whatever. But then here we are in this room recording this podcast. Yep. On Saturday afternoon, not having to worry about our next meal or whatever, right? So, I mean, that's, you know, all that's really nice. And it's just humbling, like you said, that we don't have to worry about all a lot of stuff that a lot of people in the same city that we live in have to deal with every single day. Mm -hmm. Shit, not even the city, like outside the country. Yeah, that's what I get stressed out about. And that's where, like, the thing that just makes me, like, laugh the most, even, like, with us not working, you know, say we didn't get our next paycheck, it's like but I didn't die. Mm -hmm. You know, like I love thinking, okay, what can I do? Like, what's the next step? Like how are we going to keep moving forward? Um, Things suck, but I still have fucking running water. I've still got shoes to put on my feet. I've got a little bit of food. I don't give a fuck if it's unflavored rice, you know, like just water and rice. As long as I have those things, I'm good to go. I think, uh, we start more of us need to start looking at the micro things instead of the macro things in life. Oh Yeah. Because, like, they always say, like, the people that are loudest are the people that are complaining. Ugh. So if more people that have good light going on in their lives say good things to people or per- project that out there, some more people will probably see that and like, okay, maybe I need to look at what blessings I have yep. or what good things I have in my life instead of what trials and tribulations you have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're making a mountain out of an anthill if you want. Yeah. Uh, well, I just wanted to say thanks so much, you guys. I'm honored that you would ask me to come hang out. And I hope you ask me to come back sometime soon. Yeah, for sure. We appreciate you coming on, and you're more than a pair of titties. Oh, thank you. I need <laughs> just to let you know that. Oh you know, God. like you know, the whole time I've been looking yeah. at you, like, oh, titties, <laughs> but you know, listening to your mind and listening to your opinions and stuff, it's awesome. Yeah, thank I got you. a brain. Yeah, you're smart. Something up there. Yeah, jiggling around. Tony, that's it. All right, love you lots. Bye. Bye.